0: This podcast is a 98 Studios production.
1: Hello everyone, my name is Joe Morton and welcome to my podcast, which is entitled A Cup of Joe. This is a podcast dedicated to health and wellness. So we're going to talk about it all and I love this subject. I'm passionate about it and I want you to know something. I'm grateful to be a part of your journey. And again, all the different things that we're talking about are going to help you understand that you hold the key and that your success is in your hands. And greatness is out there for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to my podcast. My name is Joe Morton, and this is a cup of Joe. And I am so thrilled today to have our guest, my guest with me today, Brian Beckstead. We have been friends a long time. We've been neighbors. We've been friends. We've been business partners. Yep. All of the above. We've run together. We have. Uh have been a part of your pacing crew for 100 milers. That's right. Uh, just thrilled to have you here. And... Uh, introduce you to my podcast so thanks yeah. for thanks yeah, for joining i'm so happy to be here this is great you know i remember we were neighbors um for many years but i remember m- the moment when i when i had this experience i was with my son at camp steiner do you yep. remember, this totally remember this moment i totally remember this yeah i do you, you were like a scout leader for yeah. my son I was an assistant Caden. scout master yeah 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 huh? and i'm sitting around the camp i was just a father there helping out being a part of the experience you know and Camp Steiner, for those who are watching, is really high elevation. Yeah. I, I want to say it's like 8,000 feet. It's oh, one of oh, the highest. No, no,
0: it's, it's over 10,000.
1: Oh, it is? It is.
0: It's over 10,000. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's way up at the top up there.
1: Okay, it's up in the Uintas. Uh-huh. Um, On the Mare Lake Highway. It was my first time ever being at that camp. And so I'm just there as the experience. I'm sitting around the campfire talking to some of the other dads, and out of the bushes, literally, I'm talking out of the bushes. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Brian comes running out of the bushes. He's got a uh, hydration pack on. You got a hydration pack on and you're like huffing and puffing again. We're like 10,000 feet elevation. And I said, "Whoa, whoa, where are you coming from? And you had just done, I don't know. It was like,
0: it was about a 20 miles, 20 miles. You dropped the there.
1: number 20 miles. And I remember my jaw dropped. I'm like, what? <laughs> and you were a leader there. You just, while the kids were out, swimming or whatever they were doing some merit badges you decided to just go for a run yeah and i remember that moment i thought Ooh. <laughs> and i think i said it to you dude one day i got to do business with you
0: yeah I, we did we had this conversation afterwards and like what are your plans and what are your and i was like i'm you know working here i was just graduating um university at the time
1: what were you studying
0: um exercise science and outdoor recreation management at utah valley university that's right yeah Uh uh-huh. yeah. wow
1: so, and from there, of course, <laughs> you just kept running. I mean, you do everything you, what, what, what events you do everything from marathons to, and it's mostly trail, right? You're yeah, more, you know, trail I prefer personal. the
0: trail. Um, you know, I prefer the ultra distance trail running. That's, that's my favorite, but I've done, I mean, I've raced, you know, 800 meters in high school and two miles in high school, at, you know, at a brief injured field college career, but I really, um, I've just loved trail running. I love being out in the mountains. I love adventures and, um. And I get to travel all over and do it. And I've made a living out of it now. And it's started a company with you about this. And it's been great. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah.
1: Crazy. I mean, all your distances, marathon, of course, ultra marathon and ultra, explain what an ultra marathon is.
0: Yeah. It's really anything over a marathon, right? Mm -hmm. I I think that the four main distances um, are going to be the 50K, which is 32 miles, um, the 50 mile, 100K, which is 62 miles, and then 100 miles. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's very, I mean, sometimes ultra marathons are kind of variable in the distances, but those are the four main distances. The new distance is getting popular, which I will never do. And that is a 200 mile uh, uh, race, which is becoming quite popular, but I don't see myself doing that.
1: Well, you have gone past the hundred. You were just saying the UTMB in Europe
0: Uh was 106. 106. Yeah. Yeah. Miles. Uh I've done two of of that 106 mile-ish distance, but
1: And with how much elevation? What was the elevation Uh, given that one?
0: The the Mont Blanc is is about about 34,000 feet of up and thirty four thousand feet of down. So it's just it's just up and down, up and down all day, all night, all day. Wow!
1: How does that compare to the Wasatch One Hundred, which is one that you've done? How many times you've done that?
0: I've finished four at Wasatch, and I have two. Not finishes, DNFs, did not finish. But um, so four attempts there, uh, excuse me, six attempts, four finishes. Uh, That one has uh, about twenty six, twenty seven thousand 27,000 feet of up and 26,000 feet of down. The difference with that one really is I actually think Wasatch is – I don't know harder, but I think it's they're actually almost on par. Uh, just because the footing is very difficult at Wasatch, the trails are narrower, the the, the footing is uneven, and and it, you're also at elevation. Where at UTMB, you're you're a much lower elevation, and elevation mm-hmm. does factor in. Um, you know, just your your ability to process oxygen and and so forth. So, um, they're very comparable, actually, even though the UTMB sounds fancier and harder. Um, Wasatch, I think, is equally as hard.
1: Yeah, and the, and the weather patterns in the Wasatches. Yeah, you just get be like wicked swings. Big
0: swings, mm-hmm. big, big, big swings. Hot, 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 cold, 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 you're right. And uh, where UTMB, UTMB can vary too. I mean, pe- pe- people have died at UTMB. Wow, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's pretty scary, some of their storms. But on average, it's you're either getting warmer temperatures or cooler temperatures, where Wasatch you tend to have both.
1: Mm-hmm. So all the races you've done in the world, mm. all your trail races, yeah. your trail runs, do you have a favorite? Like, Oh, I, I don't know if
0: I could say a favorite. Um, I would say the one that I talk about that I've been kind of talk about a little bit more, a little less that I absolutely love is a 5k. Really? Uh huh. A trail race, a 5k. And, um, I feel
1: like you just released. So to it's speak? called,
0: it's called Mount marathon. Oh, and it's, um, it's up in Alaska and they run it on the 4th of July. And um, you, it's a half mile through town, right? And huge crowds, massive crowds there on the fourth of July. And then it's one mile, and in one mile you gain three thousand feet of up. You're literally on all fours for a good chunk of it. It's wild. It, it's one of the coolest races I've ever done in my life, and it's it's literally like a like a long, it's like a three point three miles I think is official distance or something like that. It's like a long five k. Oh my god! And it's like like the the, you
1: are scrambling.
0: Oh, you are full. Scr- and then going down. I mean, you, you, very, you have to come back down. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Going down is nuts. It's crazy. It's awesome. It's really wow. fantastic race.
1: Now, you used to live in Alaska, right? You did several to times. To my, yeah. summers in Alaska. I used to spend
0: my one. summers. I used to pack mm-hmm. up my car May first in college, and I would drive to Alaska and find whatever job I could and, and just you know, live. And you know, I think you inspired uh, my boys because I've pro- had
1: Caden's done it and <laughs> Ethan's done it twice. It was, did they enjoy it? They loved it. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It, I loved mean, it. I did that
0: two summers. I um, met my wife between those actually. Mm-hmm. And so um, she she decided we ended up honeymooning in Alaska as well. Wow. So we went around and got to shore and so spent spent a significant time up there. And I go back as often as I can now. I, I absolutely, Alaska is wow. like my second home.
1: So beautiful. It's just, it's And just, we'll get it. into your fishing a little later. Okay. Cause, cause I know that that's like a big part of your, of your life yeah. is yeah. fishing. You probably got a lot of that from Alaska, eh?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
1: We'll dive into that a little okay. later, okay. but I want to think, okay. So I'm thinking back, we, we, I mentioned at the beginning that you and I have done some business together, yes. which is <laughs> kind of fun. Ultra has been a fun, uh, fun ride wearing, yeah. wearing yeah, a brand on my hat, I know. I, I'm not, and, um, I got shoes on. You got shoes on. Yeah. yeah. And, um, I, so we, we started this journey. Uh, and I had Golden on here, as you know, yeah. where he talks about that passion of of running and the mechanics of running and so forth. I remember, am I remembering this correct? When we got the first shoe back, um, the Lone Peak, the first one uh-huh. as a test shoe. Yes. It wasn't the one that was going to market or anything. It was the test. Didn't you go for a run with it and to test it out? Oh, I, I ran Wasatch 100 in the prototype. You, That's right. Yeah. I thought so. Yeah. Like, like
0: totally like, like the, the, the only pair. And I was like, the only one, the only one.
1: And it was only a test
0: pair. Yeah. And it was, the, it was a test pair when, when, um, my dad, That's how
1: much faith and belief <laughs> Brian and this team had in these shoes. I remember, I thought it was less than, but you're right. It, it was, was not, within weeks of getting it. Yeah.
0: I was like, okay, let's put these
1: things to the test.
0: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And how did it go? It, it will, um, Several years earlier, I'd run Lost Angeles 100, and I had the worst blisters of my life. Never had worse blisters. The the, the blisters were that big Oof. on the balls of my feet. The, the balls of my feet were gone. And it, I taped them up, and then at mile 60, the tape ripped the blister with it. So I was the last, like, 40 miles were just on, like, fl- it was it was terrible. Horrible. It was terrible. And so that's where, fast forward, I was like, okay, well, let's see if this thing's going to work. And it worked. Um, and, you know, we had – I had a couple pairs of shoes stashed along the course – um, but I never never used them. One pair of shoes, start to finish. And I actually had a – I don't know if we've ever talked about this in detail. But I, I had one of the most powerful experiences of my life actually really? um, at the end of the race.
1: For that particular one?
0: Yeah, that race.
1: With your Lone Peak straight yeah, from the factory? I, I, it was
0: literally – yeah, because what happens, you know, you run during the day and you're thinking about stuff, right? Um, oh, these shoes are awesome. Oh, my gosh. Ultra is going to make it. Like we got this Yeah, thing. we
1: hadn't even launched. We, no, These were no, no, just tests. This was
0: – we were – eight months from launching yeah, yeah. uh in fact it was a year until we even got the lone peak out to the market um nine months before we launched the shoot the brand itself but um uh yeah you know when you're when you're running during the day it's great you're thinking and so forth come nighttime you're just miserable like running ultras like the hundred mile distance at night Go is deep. oh it just it gets real deep Mm -hmm. It gets really deep.
1: Kind of dark too. Very dark. (laughs) Not just physically. (laughs) Mentally, mentally mentally dark.
0: And it was really cold um, that year. It was one of the coldest years on record. And um, so you just huddled up, right? And you're just one foot in front of the other. And what's amazing is when you've been running 24 hours, all of a sudden that sun rises. And I had one of the most powerful moments of my life, actually, um, at mile 97 of Wasatch 100, as that sun was rising, And all of a sudden, I'd been out there for, at that point, close to 26 hours, um, and I just had this unbelievably powerful moment in which the universe kind of spoke to me and said, Ultra is going to be huge. It it was like the most – one of the most poignant moments of my life. It really was. It was – You've never told me this. I don't know how we haven't – like, I – that's incredible. I, and I don't know if we ever had this conversation no. in depth. It was and it wasn't like I mean, some, everything
1: was so fast at that was, point oh, it was cr- crazy.
0: Yeah. You were busy as well right. and so you you know you help finances but we were kind of in the thick of it and um yeah it was it was and it stuck with me and and I've it I don't know if I fully realized the power of that moment when it was like when you're you're you know when it goes from like, a, I, I hope ultra is going to be big to dude ultra. I know ultra is going to be huge. And it happened at mile 97. I, I know the spot. It was really incredible experience. So,
1: wow. Yeah. And it did. And it did. And I mean, it is, look, it's, it's all over the world now. Yeah. And
0: uh-huh. We're in over 50 countries and thousands and thousands, and thousands of retailers. And it's been a huge success.
1: And part of your responsibilities, you, anyone who's from Utah will, will know the ultra store that's at the point of the mountain. Yeah. Uh, you help oversee that. And yeah, that's fun. I go there regularly. Yeah.
0: We've got a little outlet, but you know, we're in pretty much every outdoor store, every running store in the country at this mm-hmm. point. And really um, I like to say, not just ultra has been become big, but we've also really changed the focus of the industry as well, which I think was ultimately Goldman as I and I's goal, right? It wasn't that, Oh, we want to make money. It was very much like, we feel like the industry hasn't been doing it right. Mm-hmm. And now we've seen that the industry, the entire industry has shifted our direction, which is awesome right? Lower heel heights, room your toe boxes, mm-hmm. um, less structure and support um, in terms of overcorrection and pronation. So to see that shift in the industry has been really cool to know that we, we literally changed an industry, Joe.
1: It's incredible. It's pretty wild. Uh, it's incredible. And I see it around the world. I was just this past weekend in Sayulita, Mexico, uh-huh. and I was running on, on a trail. I found like the town's a little small, kind of sleepy surf mm-hmm. town. And I found this trail and just started going out like nowhere. Hmm. And a dude runs past me and he's wearing ultras. And I thought, <laughs> that's kind of surreal. Yeah. You must feel that. I do. It's, as you it's, go around the world, because really you'll cool. see them everywhere. Uh, all
0: the of, yeah, my, I mean, my father in law texted me. He's in, in Istanbul, Turkey, um, yesterday. And he texted me a pair of, of lone peaks that he saw um, walking around Istanbul, apparently. So um, it's, it's fun, wow. it's really cool.
1: Okay, so it's taking you all around the world. Yeah. Where's one of the coolest experiences you've had running in a yeah. cool experience or a moment? Because Ultra takes you around the world, of yep. course, and you go to conferences and you go uh-huh. to events and whatnot. Have you had one of those like really cool moments that you, you think back of that time when you were doing that run, the 100, and you just go, wow, it really did happen? Yeah.
0: There's been several of those actually. I think one of the ones that was particularly special um was uh China. I was in Beijing. Really? And you know, about an hour outside of Beijing, there's some really cool foothills and mountains. Um and uh this was geez, this was probably four or five years ago. Um and I went there and we did this uh vertical K. So it's a vertical uphill and uh, in China, and it was called the King of the Mountain. We had a shoe called the King MT, I remember that. and uh, it was kind of a sh- race. That was
1: kind of like from King's Peak, though. King's right? Peak yeah. inspired,
0: yeah, yeah, by King's Peak. And so, um, we did this race, and it was called the King of the Mountain, and um, spot, you know, supporting the King MT launching in China, and it was a vertical K, um, in China, and we were past all these like um, old like pagodas and like up in the mountains of outside of Beijing, and it was really cool, and I was like here I am. And there's, there's a couple hundred runners, you know, most of them wearing ultras in China of all places in you know proper China. And, um, here I am running right there. Great wall is over here and got these mountains and these, there's pagodas and these old amazing, um, shrines and whatnot. It was really kind of like, wow, this is not just a little Utah brand anymore. This is, this is big. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, speaking of UTMB, um, uh, this year, uh, the the shoe record just came out. Uh, we're the third most popular race at the most popular ultra in the world. Third most used shoe brand.
1: Really? Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, number
0: three.
1: And how many? It's been 12 years? Uh, we launched, yeah, 12 and a half years 12, ago. 12 and a yeah, half years yeah, ago? Yeah.
0: April of 2011. Wow. Yeah. and uh, so that's, that's
1: cool, right? It's cool. And us. trail shoes, I mean, you guys really… Yeah, we have made a mark.
0: We, yeah, we 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 dominate in the trail space. Uh, you know, road. You know, our first shoe was a road shoe. I think a lot of people forget that. Um, but the early adopters and the growth mindset, um, uh, within the brand has very much been on the trail. Um, you know, we're at run specialty and outdoor specialty. We're basically the number one uh, number one brand. Um, a number one shoe in the trail running space. Um, it's always like us and Hoka like back and forth, back and forth. Um. But uh, yeah, we own over 25% of the trail running world and in, in especially retail in America, which is pretty amazing. So cool. Yeah.
1: And I, and okay, so I want to point this out. When you guys started naming the trail shoes, uh-huh. I love this part about yeah. the story. If you notice the names of them, I don't know if you've gone beyond Utah now, cause it's been 12 years, 12 and a half years, but all the shoes are named after a peak in Utah. Uh-huh. Some of the favorite yeah. peaks that you and Golden love yeah. to just run. Yeah. Like, um, Uh, Tim, for example, there's a Tim, Tim, Timpanogos, right above us, uh, Olympus, Olympus, which is my, wait, that's the, that's the, that's that's our max cushion. Yeah. yeah, That's Uh my favorite one. Okay. That's pretty much all. I I like that one because running over rocks and stuff coming down, that's just a little more comfortable. Sure. Um, of course, Lone Peak Peak, was your first one to continue to have the King
0: the king F or king's peak
1: what other ones we have the superior superior which is right. the mountain
0: just as if you're mm-hmm. skiing over an alta it's the mountain right across from you
1: and that one's a that one's like fast that's that our one.
0: that's our low and light yeah, yeah. it's really a little more a little more flexible and not quite as protective it's really nimble and quick
1: it's it's fun for a quick for me for maybe like a quick 5k or something yeah. like that but i don't like to be on big rocks like rock canyon forget it i don't yeah, like yeah it's hard ooh, yeah. olympus yeah. all the way
0: sure other ones? Well the the, well, the the latest shoe that we launched, uh, we did go away from it, and we made an ultra marathon racing shoe
1: mm.
0: called the Mont Blanc. Really? Inspired by Ultra Trail Mont Blanc, the race, um, and it's somewhere which in is the,
1: kind of like the you know, that's like, is it kind of like the the main ultra marathon in the world? It, it's the most popular. One of them. Yeah, it is. Like the, some,
0: no, it is the most popular. Yeah. Um, by and you far. have to
1: kind of. Uh, you have to earn points towards it you have it, to right? earn
0: points it's a little controversial they kind of have a monopoly on it a little bit but um, kind of like an iron man uh, mm-hmm. they got bought by iron man group oh. um so uh, but it's very popular um you've got to kind of build up to it uh um you know the, the race itself has the 100 mile race which is the flagship event um, has uh, 3000 participants about 70000 spectators it's unbelievable yeah, it's it's crazy. It's a spectator sport. It's no, it's ultra marathon running is a spectator sport now. It's wild in Europe, not in America. It has not hasn't hasn't gone there in America, but over in Europe, it's wild. It's unbelievable.
1: Yeah, ultra marathon in the United yeah. States, it's like here, give me your code and yeah. I'll I'll track you.
0: Totally. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's over just in Europe, it's, the fans. It's really cool how they've how they've gravitated to that wow. um, supporting it and whatnot. So, um, yeah, it's something else. So we we have a shoe called the Mont Blanc. That's really and cool. and it's a great
1: shoe. That's really cool. Yeah. That's amazing. And another thing that I love about like you guys really walk. I mean, you walk, you, you practice what you guys preach. And I love that about it. Mm -hmm. I always thought, I always said in those early days, man, I'd hate to be the person on the other side of you and gold and try not to buy from you (laughs) (laughs) because you're just so passionate and so, so much in love with the sport. And I love that. And it, it rubs off on me too. So it's made a difference. And, and, um, the things you taught me and you trained, uh, into, uh, you taught me, it, was, it really made a difference over the years. And right now I'll run on the road if I need to, but mm-hmm. really it's mostly trail.
0: Yeah. that's how I've been for, um, a good chunk of my adult life. It's, it, I'll road run and I like to do road marathons. I think they're fun. Um, mm-hmm. i this, this shirt's actually a Boston marathon shirt oh, really? underneath the vest and I've done Boston a lot. Um, um, you know I love going and doing the road marathons and the races for that but just the training i just the grind i just find so much um i guess i don't know what it is it's it's something about the peacefulness of the trails it's it really engages my mind so much more than it does on road and and obviously it takes you to some amazing beautiful places mm-hmm. which i find really inspiring and something i really enjoy is Mm -hmm. just being up in the mountains or out in the trails, even the desert. I love going down to Southern Utah and running at the desert as well. I just, the wilderness experience for me is, is um, what
1: I love. Mm -hmm. Speaking of Boston. Yeah. Do I remember correctly that when you guys came out with the one, the road shoe, Mm -hmm. Wasn't there a, one of your guys on your team that ran Boston and then ran right up ahead of everyone, <laughs> yeah, with everyone We did. Yeah. And people were like, who is this? Yeah, guy? yeah. And he, he was. He weird. went out a little that fast. Was early. That was early though in in ultra history. That was.
0: Geez, must have been two thousand. Uh, that was two thousand fourteen. I remember. Yeah. Um,
1: early enough where people. Were it was like, fourteen. What is the shoe who is still? ultra? Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah. Hey guys, hope you're enjoying the show. My name is Quince, and I'm Coy. We are the owners of King Cool Plunge, a Utah-based cold plunge company. If you're looking to improve your physical, emotional, and mental well-being, this is for you. Check us out at kingcoolplunge.com. That's K-I-N-G-K-O-O-L-P-L-U-N-G-E dot com. Use code T-T-D at checkout for a special offer. Now back to the show.
1: But to your point about um, trail running, I feel the same way. You go out on the trails, yeah. just kind of disappear. And... and um, you know, there are times where I'll listen to music, some, mm-hmm. but mostly I just go out and disappear Yeah, and Me try too. to just Me be too. in the moment. Absolutely. And one of the reasons why I love trail running, because it does force you into the moment. You don't really have much of it. You can't really think about anything else because if mm-hmm. you don't, if you do, I you're mean, gonna you're, trip you're gonna trip yeah I agree. you got to keep your focus on what you're doing which is powerful in and of itself do you find the same
0: absolutely it's therapeutic yeah. isn't oh, it absolutely to me it is it's been one of the one of the best things in my life um is is my passion and my my uh my finding of trail running and, and obviously the road running it started young but trail running to me has probably been uh obviously you know from a career standpoint great. Yay! Uh, but really, just a person um, as my mental clarity, uh, my therapist, my uh, my motivation. It, it, it. I don't. There's not a lot of things out there that have affected my life like trail running has mm-hmm. for the for the best for
1: mm-hmm. the better. Do you have any um any ultra events that are coming? Not ultra marathons, but ultra events that you would have to prepare for, or you know, do do you do running events with ultra still? Yeah, yeah, of course, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, I haven't, I haven't really, which is
1: again, cool. Like how many people are (laughs) helping lead a company that actually still running and still so passionate about running?
0: Yeah. And a lot, it's fun now. I'm I'm obviously in my forties now and, and my competitive edge is kind of dissipated for age and just also mentally I run now for mental health more than I do for competition. Um, so I don't have any races on the docket next year. Um, we'll see. I do get to travel and support for ultra, uh, A lot of our events and our athletes. And so, you know, uh, this year I was at Hard Rock 100, which is, I think, the hardest main 100 out there. It's significantly harder than UTMB. It's down in the San Juans of of Colorado, San Juan Mountains. It's really spectacular. We're the title sponsor, so I was down there. Uh, I get to go to Western States most years, which is kind of the the first – big one here in America that goes from Olympic Valley over by Tahoe down to um, Auburn outside of Sacramento mm. and that's very 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 famous here in America and then UTMB I was able to go over to UTMB and not running um, mm. but to just to support the athletes promote ultra I did the shortest distance race of the UTMB series it was it was 10 miles <laughs> mm. um so but probably I,
1: pretty aggressive though very
0: yeah straight up straight down it was really fun so I but I get to now be less of a participant and more of a fan of the sport, and I love it. Um, I absolutely love promoting trail running, supporting athletes, and um, you know whether people want to do a five k or a hundred miler. I think it's awesome that they're getting out and doing it and being a part of nature. And I find that so powerful. And um, I I love being a cheerleader of the sport.
1: Mm, yeah, and you're good at that. I mean, again, you've been a great. Um, you guys have been a great support for me and inspiration for me and a and a teacher. And I appreciate that. Um, Speaking of which, I'm gonna do James Lawrence's events next next year. Which, yeah, you mentioned that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the you probably in fact the Wasatch one hundred, doesn't it go through Brighton a little bit? It does, uh huh.
0: Yeah. It goes through Brighton Ski Resort.
1: Uh-huh. Where that's an aid f- station. That's an aid station. Yeah. Okay.
0: That, that's miles they changed the course a little bit. That's mile sixty nine. Okay. Now that's it, and you go up. Over Catherine's Pass out of Brighton. Wow! So big, huge climb when you get out of wow. Brighton ski resort.
1: Well, the bike will finish at Brighton, okay, and then it's going to kind of goes up to the top. I, I don't, I don't know. I actually don't know the, but it's going to be a, cool. it's going to be hot. It's going to be in the yeah. summer, be early August. Oh, it'll be beautiful. I remember there. You'll get you get great wildflowers up there too. Yeah, it'll be yeah, gorgeous it'll be awesome. at that time of year. And actually, by the time I get there, it'll be in the evening, so it probably won't be all that hot. But one thing that you taught me, um, I remember you taking me on a few trail runs early on. And that is, for those who are training for an, an ultra or any type of event, you taught me to heat train. Mm. Is that some, that's a real thing. Oh, I yeah. Mean, you yeah. have to learn, you have to teach your body how to handle that Absolutely. kind of heat, right?
0: Uh-huh. Well, and and not just to heat train, but how do you um, get nutrition in during that heat process? Because mm-hmm. you can't digest nearly as well. Um, in the heat as you can in in cold weather, and so how do you manage your caloric intake? Um, you know, I go to more liquid calories. You know, um, you know, I really use evaporative cooling to cool myself off. So any chance you get, you got to cool off your body. You know, so there's a lot of uh, tactics and strategy in terms of competing in in a in a heated situation, and you have to practice. You got to learn how to do it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, in fact, you and I went for several runs in the heat. Um, it was like 95 degrees, 100 degrees. Um, we went up. Rock Canyon once and went up asleep, uh, uh-huh. I think. Yeah, I remember that. So hot. <laughs> but you you taught me that you can put, like, by putting a cool towel around your uh-huh. neck, uh-huh. that can help with... Big time. Maybe it's not necessarily hydration, but it cools the body down. Yeah, like. body
0: temperature is 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 key for mm-hmm. that. So, you know, getting anywhere, um, you know, armpits, neck, any type of... There's veins and blood flow um, to cooling off those areas is mm-hmm. going to be much more effective.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So... You're now 12, 12 years into ultra, and you you did come out with a shoe. I read in yeah, I think it was Runner's World. You did come out with a shoe that's got a f- four millimeter, four millimeter drop, drop yeah. between f- heel and forefront. That's correct. Tell us about that. <laughs> well, because that's a big change, of yeah. course. That's a big from the from the story of yeah, Ultra. Gold, and- Golden
0: Jeremy and I have always been about zero drop. That was what we brought to the world, um, and it's been great. Right? I mean, for twelve years, we've grown to be a, a fairly significant brand, uh, not just a niche brand, like a, a legit player in the running world with that zero drop. And for uh, within a year, I started hearing people say, Oh, I love your concept. I love your toe box. I, I just can't do zero drop. Um, and, and there's a bunch of reasons why they, they can't, right? Um, some of it might just be mental and some of it might be they jump too much into zero drop, right? And they hurt their calves or their Achilles. Um, that happens if you don't transition properly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then other people, they spend their entire lives in elevated heels. And, and so they just, they just don't feel comfortable. And we've heard this forever, right? Um, you know, we have prototypes from about eight, nine years ago of, of an insole with, um, with stickered uh, wedges on the back of the heel to try mm-hmm. to transition people. Right. From a, from a elevated heel shoe to a zero drop shoe. And we just didn't launch it. Right. We have, we had designs from about five years ago of thinking about doing a a non zero drop shoe just because we had people asking for it. Um, and as we're trying to grow and evolve as a brand, we've thought that, man, this nobody else out there is doing something quite like that. You know, I have one brand that's kind of nipping in that area a little bit, but um, we want to kind of stay ahead of the game and, and bring new people into our toe box and into our concept, into the brand. And so we decided to do it. It was a tough conversation. We thought, man, can we do this? How do we do it? Um, and ultimately our goal, right, our mission statement is, is, um, you know, unleashing human potential by inspiring the world to move naturally. And I think that, that the, the broad scope of that is how do we get more people into healthier shoes? Do I feel like Zero Drop is ideal? Yeah. But sometimes it's hard to get there for people. And how do we help people and make Ultra more accessible to more people? And I think this is what we've been able to come and up with.
1: And four millimeters. Oh,
0: it's, quite, if you look at it, yeah. it's literally two nickels on mm-hmm. top of each Which other. Which a it's normal street, really,
1: like a, an average... Running shoe would be what? More well, like the, eight to 10?
0: Yeah. Traditionally it was 12. 12. Okay. Um, the industry we have ultra since ultra's launched, the average shoe heights has gone from 12 down to about seven to eight. So
1: you guys really have. So made a we
0: difference. have very much made a difference. And now we're kind of trying to help people transition wow. even further. Right.
1: It's feel um, kind of good to know that you've affected awesome. the entire. <laughs> it's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. So four millimeter would be kind of like this introduction. It's kind of like the in between. Right. Help a person. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yep. There's a couple shoes out there with four millimeter. They're they're pretty few and far between and they, they don't, our toe box, our fit is pretty awesome. Yeah. The toe um, box, the toe is, box is money. And you so, must get
1: great feedback. Oh, on that. that's,
0: that's the number. You know, it started as zero drop was kind of our unique selling proposition to begin with. And then foot shape, the toe box was second. And that's really switched. We found that more people have, are, love that, that toe splay and that relaxation mm-hmm. of the foot um, as much or more than the, the, the lower heel height.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. So speaking of which i wanted to go back you when you did that first time when you had the the shoe that came off the line and you wanted to do that 100 mile or mm-hmm. the wasatch 100 um by the way that's insane to do that with a shoe that just comes right off the line but yeah, that's That that's was scary. complete confidence i got to tell you <laughs> confidence in the design the last everything that went with that um you had bad blisters the year before how did, how did you do that year with with Blisters. Oh yeah,
0: I, I guess I, the aha moment came, you know, with the sun rising coming up, and it was literally this moment of coming out of the cold and the dark, and just being like, Oh "Wait, I, I don't have a single blister, not not one, wow, not one." Um, I was uh, over three hours over three hours faster. Um, really? Yeah, and I was similar fitness level. It's not like I was significantly more fit. Um, but it just it just kind of had this aha moment, like, man, I I never really even. All night, all I could think about was just one foot in front of the other, and it was so it got down to 21 degrees. And when your body, I mean, somebody gave me a coat at Brighton Ski Resort, someone literally gave me a full coat because I was so cold. I didn't have enough warm clothes to get me over that, that the pass there. So I had a huge puffy, I was so cold. Um, and I didn't really think of my feet at all the whole night, um, which you know, the couple years previously when I had done Wasatch 100, um, uh, I just had terrible blisters, mm. um, the year before I'd done bare 100 terrible blisters. And so I had never done hundred miles without b- lots of blisters, big blisters. Oh. And here I had zero blisters, unbelievable experience. And, um, wow. yeah,
1: I've made it. That's made a big difference with me too. Yeah. Um, the, the lack of blisters. Yes. You know? Yep. And when I do this event at Brighton, I'll, I'll use the Olympus. Gotcha. I've beaten my current one's up pretty good, so i have to get it. We'll get you. I'll get you a new pair. I'll get you. i get you a new pair. Easy. will get another pair of it. Um, so, okay. So take us to that moment when you're coming out of the dark nights mm-hmm. of a run. Yeah. Because there's symbolism there a little bit. Yeah. There's, there's uh, like, it's, it is therapy in and of itself because you have to go really deep. Very deep into yourself. It's like there's nobody else out there. It's it's, you. Yeah. There's forcing you with you.
0: Yeah. You go to really dark places in the ultras. Um, you know, even there's been times where I haven't finished. Right. And, um, making that call. I mean, I remember when I ran hard rock 100, I just, I'd been puking for about 12 hours. And I, I, they cut off when they cut off your, you know, they'll give you like a wristband or a bib or whatever, hard rock. They give you a a wristband. That's significant. They cut that off the moment they cut that off. I remember just, just sobbing Um, because getting over that, that moment, whether you're DNFing or finishing, right. Getting through those difficult parts, um, you have to dive, dive deep to want to do it. And you've got to find energy. And I think most humans underestimate their own capabilities. And that sunrise is, is very symbolic of, of that you have come out of that. Right? All of a sudden, it's this flood of hope. And when you go that deep inside of your soul and your brain to overcome something, and, and all of a sudden you see and feel that hope, it's so symbolic. It's so powerful. And, and obviously, that happened significant at Wasatch 100 that year. But every, every 100 I've done, that sunrise is a moment, um, and it's a great moment. Um, I remember at UTMB, I ran, um, I had to run through two nights at UTMB. Um, really? Yeah. They start the race at like six o'clock at night. Mm. And so the winners can be finished at prime time in the evening. The winners are going to take about 24 hours there. And I was more middle of the pack for that one. And, um, so you run the first, you know, you run a couple hours of daylight, then you run all night and then you run all day and then you go into the night. And I remember that sunrise came up on the second of two nights and, It was pretty awesome. And I finished at sunrise in the morning. And um, it's just a really, really significant emotion. So
1: emotional. Really powerful. That must be even extra emotional on having two of those moments. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Did you get any sleep during that,
0: by the way? I took a 20-minute nap at UTMB. That's all you got? And 38 hours.
1: Shows you what the human body is capable oh, of doing. Oh, it's eh? so that much. Must, that must be really good for you, too, to realize how far you can push yourself. Oh, yeah. People people, constantly. I mean, I see this
0: in business, right? I see this in, in exercise or, you know, schooling. You know, there's people, when you put your mind to something, when you're passionate, when you, when you have a belief system that backs it up, you're, boy, you can do a lot. You can do a lot, a lot.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow. So. Wow. That's really cool. I never thought, I didn't, I didn't know you'd have two, two nights. Yeah. I've I mean, never, yeah. I've never gone to solid nights. Yeah.
0: And that was interesting race. Cause I, I purposely started, um, at the back of the pack. Um, cause I had Wasatch 100 12 days later. So I, for real. Yeah. And so when I did UTMB, I was like, I don't know if I'm ever coming back. I'm going to be a tourist, a total tourist. And I started dead last, like literally I started dead last in on purpose. And, um, and it was really interesting too, because all of a sudden I realized like, I, it was almost annoying that first night because I was just in a Congo line. You couldn't get around people. There's thousands and thousands of people. And, um, and then the next day I started, I did, all I did was pass people for 38 hours. I passed people. Um, there was 2,700 starters. And I I started almost right around dead last and you can track my progress. Um, you know, all of a sudden I was 2200th and then 19th. I finished 500th place. I passed over 2000 people.
1: My goodness.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's cool too. So if in doubt, if you're going those long ones, start slow. You don't want, you don't want to be the one, you want to be the one passing people. That's very motivating. Um, and so that was cool. And then I turned around and I I did do Wasatch 12 days and I finished, I finished both.
1: Really? When was
0: this? This was, this was 2015. Mike. That was like goodness. the end of my that was like that was like my peak. It's all wow. been downhill from then, but you know, um yeah, um did did back to back there and that was something else. That was pretty wow. cool. You That's know?
1: a lot to accomplish in yeah in a twelve day period. It ten, was a lot. Ten day, twelve day. Twelve day, yeah. Wow. And you got the jet lag yeah going as yeah. well. Incredible.
0: But, that was cool.
1: So um Another passion of yours. Now you've done everything kayaking. I remember you used to kayak yeah. quite a lot. I don't know. Do you kayak? In, no, in you know, when more? I had, a, when I you started having, I did
0: used to do a lot of whitewater kayaking. Um, when I started having kids and then starting ultra, yeah. it was just don't have time. Yeah. Um, and I got churned out. Whitewater kayaking is dangerous. Yeah. yeah. I got, I got churned out a few times and yeah. I decided to sell my kayak after having a kid and whatnot. So it's we still love kayaking. We do a lot of lake kayaking now. Um, and it's I, I still do some river rafting. Mm-hmm. Um, up in Alaska, mm-hmm. fishing. I do these fishing. long, long float trips.
1: Now that's and, that, uh, that's a big passion of yours is fishing.
0: It is. Yeah, I love. Fly fishing love particularly. Fly, fly fishing. Absolutely. Talk fly about
1: fishing. your flight. I mean, we're yeah. going to shift gears here a little bit. Yeah. But I want to cover this because this is fascinating. <laughs> I see your Instagram. Po- you actually have multiple Instagrams. Oh, I got I got oh, oh. Um, But, but your yeah. one Instagram, you're always showing that you've gone fishing. In fact, we need to still do that one time. You and yeah, I know. I Ethan need to Ethan about that. Yeah, on, we'll get you up there next summer. Where we do like a run. yeah. And you
0: fish? Yeah, I, I coined the term ultra fishing, ultra fishing, and this happened right around the time I was starting ultra because I used to do long backpacking trips and I was just an outdoors guy, um. And I, I tried to figure out okay how do I combine? I got to train for my ultras, um. But I love fly fishing, and um I kind of coined this term and it's one of my Instagrams and ultra fly fishing. And I run up to these lakes in the in the in the mountains uh, with a little fly rod and I have a whole setup and I'll catch just literally, I mean you'll have 50 years nobody's
1: up there fishing. you'll, have, so.
0: you'll run up and you know, i get my training in right you run 10 or 15 miles up in the mountains fish for a few hours and then run out and it's awesome it's awesome it's so cool and it's really fun so um i that that happened and you know it's hard finding time for all of these hobbies is very difficult right so um i've kind of had to slim down i used to be rock climber i used to whitewater and i don't do any of that anymore i just run and i fish now those um, are seasons in life and, and like, you never yeah. know and I think as I've gotten older and I'm a little bit less competitive on the, on the, on the ultra scene, I just, I, I found myself fishing more than running. And so that's, these last few years, I, um, uh, definitely focused there more, but I, I learned how to fly fish basically in your backyard. I don't know if you know this. On Provo? Yeah. On the, when I was 12 years old. Really? Yeah. I begged my dad for my 12. Which is fir- one
1: of the highest it's, it's, rated. Oh, it's great. Fly, fly fishing yeah. in, is the Provo River. I didn't even know that until recently. Yeah, so I used
0: to ride my bike over to the library and rent VHS tapes and then ride home, watch them. And then I'd ride down my bike to the Provo River right behind your house. And, um, I taught myself how to fly fish. Wow. Um, You've been
1: doing this a long time. Yeah,
0: since I was 12. So I grew up fishing with my dad, but he didn't like the fly fishing. So he would use traditional rods and, um, you know, uh, loved it. Absolutely. Just was, but I'd see these people fly fishing. I'm like, dad, I want to do that. And he'd be like, oh, that's just all tangles. And, you know, but I was like, I was adamant, you know, I'm, I'm kind of stubborn like that. And so, um, I ended up teaching myself how to fly fish when I was 12 years old and it's just become, um, a lifelong
1: passion. And that as well is like the trail running we were talking about where it kind of forces you into this moment. Mm. It's almost therapeutic, isn't it? Yeah. Like, do you see it as absolutely? you just go out there and kind of lose yourself in time yeah. a bit?
0: Yeah. And I, I like fly fishing. I, I'm a busy body, so I kind of pick my nails unfortunately. And I, I, I'm not good at sitting still. I'm always been a mover and, and a goer. And so fly fishing for me is great because the whole time when you're casting, you have to move the line with your hands. Mm-hmm. All, there's no reel to do that for you, right? There is a little reel, but you're using your hands, casting, stripping in, mm-hmm. setting the hook. So I find it very um, – you can be very present in that moment. Um, you're focused entirely on that. I love getting in the river. I love the pressure of the river. Uh, around my legs. Um, I love the sound of the moving water and obviously I just love nature. And so, um, and most of this, I might add it, as much as, um, a lot of people see me as a very social outgoing person. I'm not actually, I have, I have to really, ha- it's hard for me to do that. I, I spend most of my training, most of my fishing is alone. And I, I like that. I like mm-hmm. being alone. I like the silence and, um, the fly fishing is, um, been is, is really great for me. I
1: love it. So, and you have a little business where you tie, yeah, you tie flies. I've been tying
0: since I was 11. Yeah. I got my fly tying kit first because we used to use a fly with a bubble on a traditional rod. And, um, so I got a fly tying kit when I was 11 and learned how to fly tie flies when I was 11. And uh, they started a company a few years ago, um, developing flies for the Amazon jungle, actually. So, Whoa. um, I went down to the, I, I just like adventures and I found myself get to travel and I, I found myself in the jungle of Colombia, and fishing for just at river monsters, like just massive, crazy monsters. And nobody, not a lot of companies were tying commercial flies to buy for those species. And so started developing just you, my creativity. And, um, next thing I know, people start asking me, Hey, Brian, like, you know, can I, where, where did you get those flies? And I was like, well, I, I tied them. And so, um. I, one thing led to another and so I have a little website, um, and you can go and learn about jungle fly fishing. That's one of my new passions. Which is, is super
1: fascinating, by the way. <laughs> fly like, fishing I out love, in the, out in the jungle. I love that. Yeah. That, and yeah, that Instagram is just so
0: fun. Yeah. It's fun. Those
1: fish are like,
0: oh yeah, they're huge. Yeah. Massive. T- talk about that. Oh, and then you take people on trips too. Yeah. Yeah. I host trips. Um, it's kind of a small thing, you know, but, um, I go down, a uh, t- couple times a year down to the jungles of South America uh, usually colombia but i've also done bolivia and brazil and spent a little time in venezuela but mostly it's colombia and we catch these piara which are these vampire fish they have these huge fangs that go up through their forehead they're amazing and peacock bass they're unbelievable colors and uh, golden dorado and sardinata and, and paku and all these amazing species down there and we catch them all and target all of them on fly rods and um and it's fun i love it i absolutely love it so
1: uh Check, check out the Instagram, everyone. Seriously. <laughs> uh, spell it. Uh,
0: A P-A-Y-A-R-A. So that's payara, flyfishing.com Pyaraflyfishing.com or Instagram payaraflyfishing. Mm-hmm. And um,
1: it's fun. These fish are <laughs> wild looking. <laughs> yeah, they're, crazy. Like, they're big. They're big. They're, ma- oh, yeah. they're big yeah. like this. Yeah, Some of the big ones. Yeah. And their teeth are yeah. gnarly. Yeah. I mean, wild. you don't want to get mixed up with yeah. Of those. Yeah.
0: I love, I love adventure. I've always, I feel like ultra marathons have provided that. Um, and now that I, I don't, I'm not into pushing my body as far as I used to. Um, I get to kind of push the limits in in other ways. You know, I spent a lot of time doing rafting trips in Alaska and in, in the backwoods of Alaska. Um, now I've kind of focused more on my time off work um, in Columbia, and I I kind of like that too. I live in the mountains now, um, here in Utah, and so the summers are great. So I used to spend a lot of my summers in Alaska. Now I, I spend my winters down in South America now, and um, and it's. It's great. I love it. When's your next trip? It's in, in February, February. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So I go down February every year. First week of February.
1: And do you, when you guys uh, uh catch these, do you eat them? I guess. Yeah, yeah.
0: We release most of them. Okay. Um Cause the fly fishing is very, it's not particularly invasive to the fish, uh, but we do, we do eat them. We eat all the species. Um You can t- tell your guide, Hey, I want to eat a payara today. Okay. We'll eat a payara really? today. Yeah. Are
1: they good eating? Yeah. They're
0: really good. Yeah. yeah white flaky. Um And they, they, have the the indigenous populations down there, um, it's amazing, it's really, I can tell, we can go on a whole nother podcast on some of the indigenous populations and their feet, how strong, they go barefoot everywhere. It's unbelievable, their feet. Um, and uh, um, yeah, you cook them up, they smoke them, they cook them, they do their traditional style. It's really fun. The I bass
1: just, probably pretty good. The too. bass
0: is great, yeah, yeah, surprisingly. Bass up in America, I don't think they're quite so good. The bass down there are fantastic. We actually, my favorite way of doing the peacock bass um, down there, is that they do it ceviche style, Ooh, which is fantastic. Really, yeah, it's great, mm. delicious.
1: That would be good. Peacock bass ceviche. That that's yeah. amazing. And when you're yeah. fishing, you were telling me the other day when we were talking that you could see like pink, oh, what, uh, yeah, pink dolphins, pink yeah, you'll dolphins, see po- and, pink
0: dolphins, and monkeys, wow. howler monkeys, and um, all sorts of you know parrots and macaws and wow. all one sorts of stuff with- yeah a lot of caiman a lot of caiman we as gotta well.
1: talk about it. i would like to come yeah, on one yeah, of those we'll trips. Lot, we'll, for sure we'll try to get you there for it's fun sure. and and
0: you know some of the trips are a little more experienced um some of them are you can be a novice you know the, the one i do the first week of feb you don't have to be an expert you know fisher to, to join it's 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 just a wonderful wilderness experience you'll catch fish and um it's uh it's great and it's very um you know, we, we spend a bit of time on a indigenous Sequani uh, Indian Reservation and they host us and they're wonderful, wonderful people. Um, and we, you know, are able to donate them and also help them maintain um, an indigenous lifestyle actually as well, um, which, is, which is rare. Um, this modern world of ours is so hectic and so busy. And um, to get away in the jungles or the mountains or the rivers for me is um, – I don't know what, what calls me there, what primitive nature, whatever. Okay. I, I love it. And so seeing these indigenous populations out there, it's pretty cool. Awesome, Yeah. That's
1: great. Yeah. Well, we're coming to the end here. A couple quick questions. Yeah. Uh, favorite place to favorite season to run. Ooh. Do you have a favorite season?
0: I like the I like the edge seasons. I love fall. Uh, I love the fall colors running in lo- in the fall, and and then I love that like early May where the the trails mm-hmm. are dry for the first time and the grass gets really really green. Mm-hmm. So I think there is kind of those those fringe seasons um, are really some of my favorite. That late fall and that 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 mid spring where the flowers and grass are just popping, the trails are finally dry after our um, you know wet and snowy Utah winters. So those are some of my favorite times to, to trail run. Yeah.
1: Favorite, um favorite place in the world. If you have a favorite oh, place to to run. Favorite place to yeah. run.
0: Oh, I don't know.
1: Um, I mean, you run all over the place. I, I get to
0: run all over. I, I love, I mean, Utah trail running is pretty amazing. Pretty incredible. I mean, hard I, to beat. Yeah. It's really hard to beat. And I, I like, we go down and spend some time in Southern Utah um in the winters. And I, I love those runs. Those red rock, Southern Utah runs. It's, it's so different than Northern Utah. And I love mm. that. So I really look forward to my, uh, February Southern, uh, Utah trail runs. I love those ones.
1: It's great. Well, Brian, thank you. Yeah, Thanks my, for my joining, pleasure. man. Incredible. Um, you've made a big difference in the running community, not of course, locally, but worldwide. I yeah. mean, this vision that you guys had and that 12 plus years ago. I mean, look where it's gone and all uh, oh, the places you'll go. You oh, know? the places. That's yeah, right. I incredible. love that. And so fun to be able to talk to you about um, your passion for fishing and, and where that's taken you to. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole nother business yeah, that you got yeah, going.
0: It is. It's fun. Well, th- thank you. I have always really looked up to you and admired your mentorship and, and obviously doing business with you and just being a friend. I really, really look up to you. So thank you, Joe.
1: Thanks, Brian. I appreciate really appreciate it. that. Thank you for joining on a cup of Joe, uh, my podcast. Thank you for joining everyone. And so grateful that Brian Bex could, be, could be here with us today. Share his wisdom, share his experience, shares passion for running, trail running, and of course, fishing and yeah. fly fishing, tying, tying flies and the yeah. whole bit and all the adventures. So thank you and make it a great day.